What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football and the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. So come over to the site right now. Check out all the things we have getting you ready for Week 12. The Sleepers and Bus, the Decider, the Stardom Sit'em column will be up, as well as the Week 12 pick straight up and against the spread. It's a busy week, no buys, so get to the site check out everything we have there here we're going to kind of play off of that uh, a little earlier a little compressed week we're going to change matchup wednesday to mashup wednesday and that means we'll bring in lineup thursday into this as well we'll take tomorrow off and we have to wish you a happy thanksgiving and that's great because we get three football games here that you have to be ready for and have your lineup set with a lot of uh, good players in play for sure over those six teams and we'll dive right into it here on now mashup wednesday the vikings and lions and we'll start with the Vikings side on this this is the 12 30 kickoff on uh, cbs there the vikings sam bradford he's been mentioned a lot as a streamer this week i really don't like him that much in this one the lions defense is playing a little bit better i also see that stefan diggs has a knee injury he probably will play through that but we've seen he's a speed-based receiver so getting darius slay in this matchup it's pretty tough for him to get loose so I can't recommend those two guys I really do like Kyle Rudolph at tight end he didn't uh, come through there against the Cardinals but the Cardinals are very good against the tight end so we are back to recommending him in this one Detroit has struggled against that position DeAndre Levy is not going to play in this game again so that opens it up and uh, Rudolph is the best Vikings play in terms of offensive skill you're staying away from their running backs because they give you nothing and you're just hoping for a mad as you had a touchdown there so Rudolph green light with him and green light with the Vikings defense we like uh, them a lot in this one I think the Lions defense is also worthy play we can start there with them that uh, we'll see some sacks and maybe some turnovers from these uh, quarterbacks on both sides Matthew Stafford, I think you're going to play him. I just wouldn't expect too much. The Vikings are pretty tough. He did have a pretty good game against them the first time, but just be cautious of him. He's just a guy that you're looking to play almost every week now with the, what he can do with his passing game. He didn't have a touchdown of note there against the Jaguars, so just keep that in mind and uh, keep limited expectations for Stafford. With, with his weapons, I don't really like Theo Riddick in this one. The Vikings... Gave a few uh, receiving things to him in the first game, but really kind of shut him down as a runner. So I don't really like Riddick. I really don't like Marvin Jones, who's just been faded out of this offense. I think uh, Anquan Bolden, he could be a little bit more involved, but him and Golden Tate, they don't uh, interest me because they kind of do similar things. I definitely am into Eric Ebron now. He's back in this, and he's the key target everywhere, consistently getting involved for the Lions, even had a rushing 
opportunity and a touchdown last week. So Stafford and Ebron, that's where you go here. Lions defense. I kind of would stay away from everything else if you've got other options uh, for those positions. So it, it's one of those ugly early kickoffs. Thursday night is really bad for offense, and I think Thursday afternoon the early kickoff is going to be bad for that as well. We go to the Redskins and Cowboys in this one, and uh, this one could really turn into a shootout down in Arlington. Uh, the, the Cowboys won the first matchup in Washington. You like Dak Prescott, you like Ezekiel Elliott, Des Bryant. You could go to Jason Witten in this one. We like him in the matchup here to play back in your lineups. Uh, Cole Beasley could also do something here. So we saw Beasley score last week. So when you look across the board with Prescott and his weapons, all aboard with them. Same thing for Kirk Cousins and all his weapons. Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, Jordan Reed, Jameson Crowder. You're playing all those guys with a chance of uh, potential big games here, high scoring I could see a lot where the Cowboys keep building their lead, where Elliott runs well, and a lot of uh, Kirk Cousins throwing to keep up here with Prescott. So great matchup there. I would even play Rob Kelly. The Cowboys are pretty good at stopping the run, but Kelly is a touchdown scorer. That's what they allow. His uh, power back mentality will suit him well here. So got to start every guy you can in this game and uh, hope for the points going. I think it will easily go be over 55 points combined with these two teams. We go to the Steelers and Colts, and this is an interesting one. In the Colts side, I have a major sit here that I have to mention is T.Y. Hilton. Steelers are pretty good at actually containing wide receivers, and we know now T.Y. Hilton is going to be without Andrew Luck. He has a concussion, so it's Scott Tolzien. I think there's going to be a lot of dump-offs from Scott Tolzien in his first start as the Colts quarterback. You'll see a little bit of uh, Jack Doyle in there, a little bit of Frank Gore out of the backfield. Dante Moncrief, if you look at the receivers that have had success against Pittsburgh, it's the tall guys with speed on the outside. And Moncrief is more of that guy that can get open while Hilton is really dependent on uh, moving around and getting big plays from the quarterback. And without luck, I think he's the one that uh, drops the most. The Steelers' defense isn't dominant by any means, so I don't think you pump the brakes on everyone. I think Frank Gore... Moncrief, and I do like Doyle in this one. I think he's going to get a little bit more usage than Dwayne Allen. On the Steelers' side, your all systems go with everybody that you would play normally. I think you could dig a little deeper here, the Steelers. They're nine-point favorites in this game. This is Thursday night game on NBC. Ben Roethlisberger, he's going to have a road game that is going to be more like a home game. That's what you want. His splits are usually not very good, but this is indoors contained. He's going to go off in this one. I see Le'Veon Bell having another big game, Antonio Brown another big game. The guys that you would look at more that usually wouldn't consider is the tight end. And we know Jesse James has been around, but Ladarius Green had a chance to catch a touchdown last week against Cleveland. I think he comes through in this one. The Colts allow a lot to the tight end, so he's going to have a good game. I think Eli Rogers is the Steelers spread the field. Sammy Coates is pretty much just a decoy now, and uh, I don't trust Kobe Hamilton that much. So I would say Rogers, if and green in a deeper league you can go with them in this one i think the steelers are going to romp here some garbage points you hope from the colts with uh, tolzien getting it to moncrief and gore to uh, maybe pad their stats we go into the sunday matchups at 1 p.m and bengals and ravens and this one we have no aj green no geo bernard green with the hamstring gone for a long time bernard out for the season with the acl and the knee injury so those guys are not going to be there I think Tyler Boyd is a good plug-and-play if you picked him up on the waiver wire. He's got to be busy in this one. The Ravens' secondary is 
questionable with their coverage, and if Jimmy Smith is hurt back there as well. So Andy Dalton's going to be targeting Tyler Boyd a lot, Tyler Eifert a lot. I don't particularly like Dalton himself because this could be a turnover mess on the road against the tough Baltimore defense. But Boyd, with given the circumstances, and Eifert as well, have to be starts here for the Bengals. So you'll go there. I think Jeremy Hill is a guy you could sit. It would look like it's better that Bernard is out, that Jeremy Hill would great get greater volume here. But Rex Burkhead is in the mix here, and I think he's going to be involved in that Bernard role, change of pace, catch the ball out of the backfield. So I think Hill's touches definitely go up, but Burkhead is a, going to be a factor in this one. We've seen him do things with his versatility before. So in that sense, Hill has a very tough matchup. The Ravens are very good, stingy against the run. The Bengals' offensive line isn't very good. They'll rebound after giving up a game they're good for Ezekiel and Dallas. They'll be back to normal and dominate against the run. So no, Jeremy Hill is not trustworthy in this game. He's one of the definite sits for me this week. On the Baltimore side, I don't like Mike Wallace. He's a clear sit. The Bengals don't allow a lot of big plays to wide receivers. Steve Smith Sr., they do a lot of a lot to the slot so that's who I like again for the second straight week Smith is the preferred play over Wallace I could recommend Joe Flacco because Dennis Pitta also has a good matchup I could see a touchdown each to Pitta and Smith in this one as well as some good rushing effectiveness so that's why I like Terrence West and Kenneth Dixon Morris flex plays low-end RB2s but definitely in play here against the Bengals defense that's forgotten how to tackle we go to the Cardinals and Falcons matchup and the Falcons here are favored, but I think the Cardinals can have good success moving the ball on them. There's not a pass rush that's going to disrupt Carson Palmer as much as we've seen the past few weeks. So that's good for Carson here where he can uh, throw the ball around the park. He's going to have to chuck it here to keep up with Matt Ryan. There are some good matchups for Matt Ryan, especially that number two cornerback spot that he can exploit. So Palmer's going to have to put it up. He's going to trust in David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, most of the passing game. They can have some big plays, but... I think if you dig a little deeper, I also like Michael Floyd in this one. Those type of receivers, lanky, kind of speedy guys on the outside, give the Falcons problems, and you might see more of uh, Desmond Trufant coming back from injury on uh, John Brown or J.J. Nelson, whoever's on the other side. So I think Floyd can maybe break free here, playing off Fitzgerald. So that's why I kind of like Palmer. So Floyd in deeper leagues, Fitzgerald Johnson is regular in all leagues. Palmer uh, definitely a back in the starting lineup for you. Here on the Falcons side, I do love Matt Ryan and Julio Jones in this one. Even with Patrick Peterson there, I think Jones, they move him around. They'll get him open on the other side away from Peterson. So those two guys full speed ahead with them. Even with some of the elements of this Cardinals defense, I would sit this Cardinals defense, by the way, with that. Devonta Freeman, you're playing. You're good with him. I wouldn't trust anything else. Tight end, second wide receiver. I don't like any of that stuff for the Falcons. And Tevin Coleman, he's a guy that uh, can be a little bit more active coming back from the hamstring injury as he's supposed to do. But I wouldn't play him in this game. The Cardinals allow the fewest fancy points to running backs. They're especially stingy with the passing game with the running backs. So Coleman is a definite sit because he kind of fits that profile right there. We go to the Titans and Bears, and this one is notable for the Bear side because they're going to have to start Matt Barkley in this one. Jay Cutler has a shoulder injury. It's identified as a torn labrum. He might be shut down for season, so you might be seeing a lot more of Barkley than uh, more than that Thursday night game against the Packers where he came in when Brian Hoyer was hurt. Now he's going to be a more regular starter. That makes me fade almost everything in the Bears' offense except for Jordan Howard. So Cameron Meredith 
I would maybe play in a deeper league because Barkley and Meredith have a little bit of a connection and the Titans secondary is vulnerable. So I'm looking at Meredith and Howard. You're obviously not looking at Barkley at all in this game, but that's about it. Zach Miller is pretty banged up as well, so he might not play in this one. I still don't like him if he's in there against the Titans. On the Titans side, you're playing DeMarco Murray, Marcus Mariota, Richard Matthews, Delaney Walker, the fearsome foursome of this offense for Tennessee right now. You're going with them. In terms of other wide receivers, Tajay Sharp, if you're in a deeper league, you can reach for him a little bit. The Bears secondary is kind of beat up, so you can add a fifth to that uh, red-hot Titans offense there. I also like the Titans defense in this one. I think they can wreak havoc on Barkley in there. The Giants and Browns are another game that uh, is really one-sided again. That's also 1 p.m. start. Eli Manning, you're going with him. Starling Shepard, Odell Beckham Jr. Rashad Jennings is very good deal on FanDuel. He's a good bargain play at $6,600. So he's definitely a start for me, a massive uh, run here that he's had the past couple weeks. I think it gets better here against Cleveland. I like Will Ty at tight end. The Browns allow the most points to that position. So he's another sneaky start for me. So Straight across the board, the Giants you like offensively. You love them defensively as well. They came on strong with the pass rush. Landon Collins has been beasting out as well. It's strong safety. So look at Josh McCown starting in there. There's some opportunities for sacks and picks there, especially with the Giants. Working with Manning and Jennings, building a big lead. So that's a very good sign here for New York. And they're getting better and more efficient as we go along. On the Cleveland side, you're playing Terrell Pryor because he's the guy that seems to come through no matter what the matchups are, but I think you could sit everybody else. The running backs have been disappointing no matter how you break it down, standard or PPR, daily or weekly, yearly leagues. So any format, the Browns running backs have been disappointing. Pryor is the only guy that I consistently like. Corey Coleman's a sit for me, Gary Barnage. So that's how you look at it for Cleveland and uh, it's just a bad, bad situation there with the, the quarterbacks consistently consistently toggling, the backs kind of uh, not showing much inspired running, and just an absolute mess. That makes everything great for the Giants of this one. Chargers and Texans. The Chargers are actually favored in this game, which is very surprising. I get it. Texans are in a short week, and the Chargers had a bye. Texans coming back from uh, Mexico City. Well, San Diego had a chance to rest, get a little healthier. But I like the Texans' defense in this one. I think... They can uh, really shut down Phillip Rivers and his wide receivers. Melvin Gordon, you're definitely playing no matter what. But in terms of Rivers, uh, Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, even Antonio Gates, they all don't have really good matchups in this one with the way Houston's pass rush, linebackers, and secondary can play the pass. So I would go away from everything pass-oriented and uh, all in on Gordon here. On the Texans side, obviously you're not playing Brock Oswell or no one should be ever. But Lamar Miller is in a good matchup here. Again, coming off a very strong game against the Raiders. He keeps it up here in San Diego. I think DeAndre Hopkins will have a nice rebound game as well. Will Fuller and Braxton Miller, I'm staying away from both of those guys because Miller's playing ahead of Fuller. We're not sure with the two rookies. So, no, you're not playing either of those guys, especially with a pretty good charter secondary that's uh, played pretty well, even without Jason Verrett of late. So those two guys are out of it. C.J. Fedorowicz, I also am not crazy about this one. The Texans have thrown to the tight end a lot here, but San Diego's good at stopping those kind of uh, limited uh, blocking types who uh, go out on routes here. And so C.J. Fedorich is a, one of my top sits for this week at tight end. I, I think with the Chargers' defense, 
they're kind of appealing because of Osweiler, but I would sit them still because I think they'll be run on pretty well. The Texans' defense I would definitely play because we know Phillip Rivers is coming off a four-interception game. Sticking with our 1 p.m. window, it's the 49ers going on a very long road trip to Miami to face the Dolphins. The Dolphins are 6-4. and four. They're right there in the AFC playoff hunt, so they'll be motivated to play well here. J.H.I. is the number one guy you like on the Miami side. He's going to run all over San Francisco. That's going to open the passing game up as well. So Ryan Tannehill, he's one of my good sleeper starts this week. Devontae Parker is an absolute start this week. He came on strong in the game last week that is a number one type receiver stretching the field with a big play he can definitely hit one of those against san francisco so you like him you like jarvis landry you like ajay in in deeper leagues you can uh, put tannell in there and 7100 on FanDuel. he's a pretty good price as well on the other side i think there's a three-headed thing that you can play for san francisco colin kaepernick has proved he can put up the garbage points with his passing and running a garbage in garbage mode there and catch up time and that's going to be a lot of that here against Miami. Carlos Hyde you're going to stick with because he's going to get a high volume and then Vance McDonald of all the people in the passing game that's the only guy I really trust because Kaepernick has really gotten McDonald the ball consistently the Dolphins struggle against those type of athletic tight ends but in terms of wide receivers you cannot trust anything in San Francisco it's also a good spot there for the Dolphins defense because they can tee off for most of the second half against a weak offensive line with their strong defensive line we go to the rams and saints and this one is interesting the sleeper here the sneaky start dfs value is the saints defense 4300 on fanduel that's an absolute bargain basement to clearance price there and it's a good one because the saints defense is playing better they racked up the sacks last week they're definitely going to blitz jared goff hard tough road environment for a rookie quarterback making his first trip there outside of los angeles so I think the Saints defense with Delvin Broback, they have a chance to make some big plays in the secondary to back up those sacks. So that's the best start here on the New Orleans side. You like Drew Brees, he's at home. Michael Thomas, I have temporary expectations, still playing him there with uh, Brandon Cooks and Willie Sneed. I just don't love his matchup versus the other two guys, and the other two guys could dominate well. Thomas has more of a quiet game here. I don't really like Tim Hightower. The Rams are pretty good against the run. They contain running backs out of the backfield as well. So Mark Ingram has to miss the game of concussion. If he if he plays, it's even less appealing for Hightower, but I, I would maybe go away from him if you've got better options. So it's Drew Brees and his passing weapons, except for Kobe Fleener in this one, to like on that side as well as their defense. On the Rams side, Jared Goff. No, you're not playing him. You're not playing anybody associated with him in the pass game. So, so no Tavon Austin. No Kenny Britt. Don't fall into that trap. I look at Bro. I think Bro-Britt matchup. Bro can handle Britt very well in that. So I can't trust anything with Goff in there. Todd Gurley, you're going to play. That is the one thing that the Saints do give up a lot of. So Gurley, you're going to play. Hopefully they'll give him enough touches in this one to be productive. But he did score last week. Still not very good above 70 yards. So I play Gurley, but that's about it on the Rams. You're sitting the Rams defense as well on the road. That's pretty obvious against the Saints passing game that does better in the Superdome. Jaguars and Bills is another game here in the 1 p.m. window. With the Bills, uh, I think Tyrod Taylor is not recommended to me because they just don't have any enough passing weapons. I think he can run pretty well in this game, but I don't think he's going to supplement it much with passing. Much like the last week scenario against Cincinnati, really disappointed. Now he doesn't have really great weapons. Charles Clay no i can't recommend him at all he hasn't really done much i get it that they need to throw to more guys but 
you're looking at Percy Harvin and Marquise Goodwin probably out there for Taylor. I just can't trust that. But definitely anything to do with the Buffalo running game, whether it's Mike Gillisley having to play with LaShawn McCoy having a thumb injury or McCoy himself, you're doing that and you're fine with that. So Gillisley slash McCoy and or they're definitely good plays here. So in terms of that, I think you could Buffalo's passing game not being very effective, but I think their defense will be against the Jaguars passing game. So you that's another strong play here as well as the running back go with the Bills defense they're at home Rex Ryan can definitely get after it there with the Blake Bortles swarming blitzing all those type of things they can contain his receivers outside as well especially uh, Julius Thomas there and whoever's lining up most against uh, Allen Robinson so you're looking at Marquise Lee or Allen Hearns not being worthy of anything here he's playing Robinson because he's hot and he's scoring there could be some garbage time potential for him but stay away from Bortles stay away from the other receivers I do kind of like Chris Ivory in this game because he did prove that he can be that catch up from the passing game type back where you're throwing him to him off and dumping it off TJ Yeldon used to be in that role but he's not in that now so Chris Ivory is a sneaky start for me because the Bills do allow some short touchdown runs as we saw it was Andy Dalton not Jeremy Hill last week but Ivory is good at doing that, and uh, he's a play there. So Ivory and Robinson on that side, that's about it for the Jaguars. You're not playing their defense, even with the Bills' offense kind of limited. Now we get into our 4 o'clock window on Sunday. It's the Seahawks traveling all the way to Tampa Bay. Long road trip for them. I look at the Seahawks, and straight across the board, you look at Russell Wilson, 7500 on FanDuel. Great, great price for him in this great matchup. I would stack him with Doug Baldwin, still underpriced at 6800 there. So you're looking at those two and uh, Jimmy Graham all in on those guys as you usually are right now. Thomas Rawls, you feel very strong about it. Well, he's a highly recommended start, especially with C.J. Procise out of this mix. So Rawls is going to be more of a regular role here in a second game back, so we'll definitely see how that plays out. But definitely all the things to like on the Seahawks offense, the, the principles there, as well as their defense. You're absolutely playing them against Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston can be a turnover machine here at home against that Seahawks pressure and the secondary Legion of Boom really laying the wood on Winston there. So Winston is not recommended. I'm not really crazy about Doug Martin. I don't really like anything except Mike Evans because of the way you drafted him. You're going to play him in every matchup, even if he's facing Richard Sherman. Just temper your expectations. You're probably not going to get much from Evans at all. You're hoping for one big play out of him, so you're still keeping him in the lineup. So no Winston, no Martin, no Cameron Braid at tight end. I go away from all those guys. Buccaneers defense did have a good game there last week against Kansas City, but I stay away from them totally as well. So it's pretty much a one-sided affair with everything on the Seahawks side to love, just Evans on the Buccaneers side to play this week. We go to the next game at now we're moving to 425. It's the Patriots at Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick remains the starting quarterback. I think if you're desperate in a very deep league or going for really, really cheap quarterback play in defense, you could throw Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. Keep in mind he's going to have some turnovers and mistakes. Going to get sacked and pressured a little bit even though this uh, Patriots pass defense is not playing great. They'll give up some yards and maybe some scores when the game is kind of meaningless to Fitzpatrick. This Fitzpatrick's return is good news for Brandon Marshall. That means he's going to target Marshall a lot. It's good news for Matt Forte out of the backfield. Bill Al Powell as well. Probably a lot of checkdowns to him. So I really like uh, those guys, Marshall, Forte, and Powell. I'm not a fan of Quincy Nunwa because I think the Patriots can uh, work and take away that kind of slot tight end, kind of hybrid 
receiver, and that's what Inunua is. So that's how I look at this one. The Patriots side, hopefully Rob Gronkowski is back. If not, I can recommend Martellus Bennett in this one as well. I think Gronk and Bennett have the better matchups here. Don't be afraid of Darrell Rivas. You're going to play Julian Edelman. Chris Hogan versus Malcolm Mitchell. I would stay away. We're not sure. Mitchell is a big play dependent. So is Hogan, and we're not sure if that Hogan's going to return. So stay away from those type of receivers. But Edelman, Gronk if he's healthy, Martellus Bennett. It's hard to know James White versus Deion Lewis in this one. I would still maybe look at White in a PPR format until Lewis is completely healthy. And LeGarrette Blunt, you're always going to play. I get it. The Jets are very strong. It's a power running game. But Blunt in this offense is always set up to score short touchdowns. So he can at least make up for his value there, even if the yards are not big for him. The Patriots, I think you're also playing their defense. The Jets allow the most fantasy points to opposing defenses. So definitely... New England on that side is a sneaky play as well. Patriots and Raiders, or Panthers and Raiders. We're going away from the Patriots and Jets to the Panthers and Raiders. Same window, 425. And we have the Raiders. I really like what they can do in the passing game here with Derek Carr, Michael Crabtree, Amari Cooper. I think that's where this game is going to be won by Oakland. I would uh, cool down on Latavius Murray. I get it. Luke Keekley is not playing for the Panthers, but A.J. Klein might be in there or look at their other linebackers and their front that they can really shut down this Raiders running game which can be up and down we saw it wasn't very good there in Houston even with a good matchup it required things out of the backfield the Panthers are actually good at covering backs out of the backfield so that's one thing you're going to look at there to stay away from Murray but I think all in on Carr, Crabtree and Cooper and I would stay away from the Raiders defense because the other side Cam Newton I'm playing him I like this it could be a little bit of high scoring and uh Get Cam to throw a lot here. The Raiders do give up some big plays downfield to receivers. So like Kelvin Benjamin, if you're reaching deep again, I think you can go Ted Ginn in this one. It seems like a matchup made for him and his speed. Greg Olson, you're all in on this one. Jonathan Stewart as well. So almost like everything here except the defenses and Latavius Murray. So that's how I kind of uh, approach this game. And uh, I think this is going to be higher, more higher, higher scoring than we think. Chiefs and Broncos, now we move into the 8.30 window, the Sunday night game. It was flexed there for this marquee matchup in the AFC West. I can't recommend Alex Smith in this one. I don't really like any of his receivers, except for Travis Kelsey. You're playing him at tight end just because he's an every week play, even if the grinding might be tough. But no, Jeremy Macklin, who cares if he's back from his growing or not? You're not playing him as a secondary. Absolutely no Tyreek Hill overwhelming for a rookie with what the Broncos can do in coverage. So you're looking at Kelsey, you're looking at Spencer Ware. That's about it for the Chiefs. I also would sit the Chiefs defense because I think the Broncos are going to be able to run the ball better, protect it better with Trevor Simeon. Devontae Booker, I'm definitely playing in this game at home. They're going to grind it out a little bit. So the Broncos, that's a good start for them. I think I also kind of like Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders in this one. The Chiefs secondary can be a bit vulnerable. We're not sure if Marcus Peters is going to come back from the hit pointer that he had that was very painful last week, kept him out of the Tampa Bay game, definitely affected this defense in some key situations. So if that's the case, you feel better about Thomas and Sanders. Just uh, watch that development on the defensive side. You can't play Trevor Simeon at all. He might have a decent one here, but... It's just too hard to trust him in any matchup, kind of like Alex Smith in this one. Stay away there. But the receivers, yeah, a little bit more. I don't like Virgil Green in this matchup. The Chiefs are very good against the tight end. So that's also 
why you like Thomas and Sanders a little bit more. I think they're going to get some heavy targets in this. So Chiefs defense, I said, I definitely play the Broncos defense. They're fully healthy. Alex Smith is not playing well. Chiefs typically protect the ball and play keep away that way, but I don't see that happening in this one very effectively. So that's how you break down that game. And finally, we're to Monday Night Football. It's the Packers and Eagles. The Eagles are the hosts in this one. They're three and a half point favorites. We have to start with the Eagles side because the Packers defense is massive. You're absolutely not starting them, trusting them at all against a rookie quarterback on the road, even though. So when you look at that, uh, Carson Wentz can have a decent game. He actually had a decent game against Seattle in a tough matchup with a couple garbage scores. So I like the same guys that really came through for him last week, Zach Ertz especially. I don't like uh, Doriel Green Beckham or Nelson Aguilar. I can't trust them in this matchup against the Packers, but I do go all in on Jordan Matthews as great value on a fan duel is still uh, around $5,000 there. So you can't beat that as a value in DFS. So Matthews all in on Ertz as well. The running game, you have to wait and see here. Darren Sproles, I think, has the best matchup of them. I don't know if Ryan Matthews can go. It's unlikely with the knee injury. I can't trust Wendell Smallwood against a pretty good Packers run defense. So Sproles is the guy I like there because he complements what uh, Matthews and Ertz can do there. Jordan, that is, uh, dinking and dunking from uh, Carson Wentz is going to help those guys in this game. That's what you're going to see. I don't like the Eagles' defense because the Packers' offense is going to spread around, chucking on them pretty well. So I like Aaron Rodgers. You're going to still look at Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, and Devontae Adams. They just are too much involved in this game. The one guy I would pump the brakes on is Jordan, or Jared Cook, that is, because Jared Cook, the Packers, had him going last week, but he lost a key fumble. A big game against Washington, but Philadelphia is much tougher on the tight end. So stay away from Jared Cook, even though it looks like he's going to be more consistently involved in this offense. I think it's more of a wide receiver game attacking those Eagles corners. So you're looking at the Adams-Nelson-Cobb rotation getting high volume here. Stay away from the Packers' backfield. We don't know how it's going to be with, between James Starks and Kristen Michael in the mix now. So absolutely do not trust anything there from the Packers' side. But Aaron Rodgers... It might be some grinding in Philadelphia, a few mistakes there, but I still like Rodgers because the volume that this passing game is going to have to keep putting up here with their defensive and running game woes. So there you have it. That's our very first Mashup Wednesday, taking care of uh, Matchup Wednesday and Lineup Thursday together in one action-packed show that should give you everything you need to know here going into the weekend. Uh, make sure you are ready to set those lineups as early as Thursday. A lot of fantasy players in play, so got to get those in and got to get in your DFS games as well for the Thursday-Monday contest to take advantage of that. So thanks so much for listening. That's the first thing we think about on Thanksgiving. Uh, hope uh, you and yours enjoy the holiday, have uh, some good food, some good football, hopefully a lot of good uh, fantasy points for you. And uh, Thanks for subscribing if you do so on uh, Audio Boomer iTunes. Make sure you listen to all the great podcasts on the Locked On Network. We've got the NFL and NBA blanket and fantasy as well with the basketball. So check all those shows out. And we'll uh, check you guys out here uh, coming back on Tune Up Friday. We'll see you then. What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you Bye, wedding ceremony. 
Stop. At MetroPCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to MetroPCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. MetroPCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.